All right, everybody, and welcome to the Pro Zone. This is Rick, and as always, joining me this week is JJ and Danny. How the fuck are you guys? What's going on? And this week, we are doing one of our retro reviews where uh, we are just three days shy of the anniversary of uh, Great American Bash 1990. So, Baltimore, Maryland, July 7th, 1990. This is the final Great American Bash held under the NWA banner. And it had a attendance of 14,000 and was the tagline was the new revolution and overall before we get into breaking the entire show down this was one of the periods during the national wrestling alliance i was pretty heavy into it for about another year um going back i don't understand why the fuck i was so into it because but um i really did i enjoyed i ended up enjoying it over the year i did enjoy it overall um but some matches uh, I, I'm kind of uh, confused about. What did you guys think overall so far before we uh, break it down? This was a tough one to watch for me. Um, I mean, at the beginning, I could tolerate it. But by the time we got to, like, the you know, the main events, like the championship matches, you know, it was kind of like, eh. you know, I, I just couldn't really grasp into it. I mean, until right. the main event, of course. Yeah. Uh, JJ, what did you think? I loved it. I loved everything about it, man. Uh, I loved everything from the match. Even, like, earlier we spoke about the matches look good on paper, but they weren't good in the Uh, ring. That's right. Prior Uh, to uh, recording, some matches. Yes, I loved it. Overall, I loved it. Uh, A lot of good storytelling. Uh, um, I loved it. I, I, I loved it. Overall. You could definitely tell the direction that WCW or NWA, whichever, was going into uh, with bring, trying to be a more, uh, I guess, gearing towards family-oriented stuff, with the exception of some yeah. of the crowd chants, but we'll get into that by the time uh, I think Dan and I discussed <laughs> this earlier. Yeah. And, <laughs> I can't believe um, those chants. Um, I had to ask Dan to confirm that uh, that was what they were actually saying. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the the first comment I can't really confirm, but it that's what it sounded like they were saying. And then obviously the second chant that went on after that was kind of obvious. Yeah. I was like, all right. right. <laughs> um, before we end up getting into the match, there was a um, dark match. I looked up uh, David Sierra, who I believe wrestled as a Cuban assassin, uh, defeated Mister X. I don't no idea which version of Mister X this was because it was a pretty common name back in the day. Obviously, it's a dark match, so we have no idea what the the fuck happened. Going by the Mr. X, uh, the link on Wikipedia, it does not bring up an actual uh, Mr. X. Like, it brings up the original guy from whatever, the 60s, that wrestled. So, Well, I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially under the NWA banner at that time. You know, guys were still pretty much going on yeah. at that time for you know, 30, 40 years, you know, you look at yeah. guys that are like, yeah, I mean, you even look at the card, of course, you guys, you look at like Harley Race and Tommy Rich, uh, Iron Sheik, you know, those guys were already going at it for like a good 20 years at that point. So I wouldn't right. be surprised. One of the things I, very, very, one of the things that I was very surprised about with uh, Harley Race, now I don't ever remember him making a wrestling comeback in uh, the NWA at that time period. I remember seeing him 
both in WWF, Russell Haku, probably like a few months earlier at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Was it 89 or 1990? It might have been 89. But in that yeah, year and a half might span, have been it might have been the 89. Yeah. But in that time span of like a year and a half, he wrestled, Harley Race wrestled there, the WWF, the NWA, and he wrestled Larry Zbysko for the world title in the AWA as well. So he was kind of probably not under con- any contract to anybody. He was just kind of like bouncing around, it seems like. Yeah, back then it was handshake deal. Yeah, it, it? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Yep. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. But it's not like that no more, but whatever. First match I love. We're going to get to it. First match was amazing. Uh, you had Brian Tillman versus, uh, what was it, Nature Board Buddy Landell. Now, 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 let me tell you something about this match, though. This match was very much a styles clash. You know, you had two wrestlers with two different styles, and, you know, it was kind of off balance. And another thing that kind of made this match odd was another Nature Boy. Like, why have another Nature Boy when you already have, you know, you have a Nature Boy in the beginning of the card, and you have a Nature Boy at the end of the card, which I kind of find ironic in a way. That's what I think. well, one of the things was with uh, Buddy Landell when he returned to the NWA at the time period, he was kind of pretty much just a preliminary wrestler, uh, not necessarily going after many uh, titles or anything like that. He was basically doing a lot of jobs for people. But right. if you looked in the National Wrestling Alliance three years earlier, maybe four, they were uh, he was going to be set up for a feud with Ric Flair over the Nature Boy name. But they ended up canceling that before it even happened. So uh, to have him come in, <laughs> the NWA, while the Nature Boy Ric Flair is already there, they just having the both of them use the name was, uh, it was kind of confusing to me then, uh, especially it had to be two young fans that were watching. So I don't understand yeah. why they just, they, they didn't just take the Nature Boy name with them uh, away from him. Because he was pretty, uh, Ric Flair is pretty synonymous with the NWA, uh, the WCW version of NWA. So. I'm not really getting it. And let me tell you something. You know, if you were like 10, 12 years old at that time, how how can you not love Brian Pillman, Uh, especially for his Arsenal style? And, you know, the way, you know, he would just perform in the ring, he was so ahead of his time. He was doing moves that wouldn't be done to like the late 90s. I mean, even not just Brian Pillman himself, but if you look at guys like Dynamite Kid, Jushin Liger, and Owen Hart, you know, he was one of those guys you can categorize and be, all right, he's definitely elevating the game in the early 90s that we haven't even reached the peak yet, so. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Yeah. And I love how uh, Hillman uh, always opens, it seems to me, every WWE, every WCW show, Hillman is always opening the show. He was the guy they put in charge <laughs> of getting the crowd fired up. Yeah. You know? This is yeah, um, definitely, I rem- I remember this uh, theme song that he used. Uh, loved it. I loved it. I remember because just a few months earlier, he was using like Def Leppard's Rocket uh, as his ring entrance music, which I always, I thought was kind of funny. He was using like an edited version of that. So, but this really? one wasn't that bad. Yeah, this one wasn't yeah. bad. Brian Pillman with the win at uh, 929. Yeah, and that was great. I was happy he won. And like you said, he was putting over, uh, Buddy Landell was putting over new talent. Yeah. Like, Yep, that that was what he was doing. So that's awesome. After that, we had a uh, a promo, Harley Race promo. No, no, I'm sorry. After that, there was a Sheik versus Rotunda. The, the now, promo. this is like if you go back 
five years at the very first WrestleMania, they wrestled each other in a tag match. Sorry, Dan, to cut you off. They wrestled each other in a tag match with, you know, Volkov and Nikolai against Barry and Rotunda. And that was one of the best matches of the fucking show. These guys, the Sheik looked like he was fucking struggling to get through this match. And it was only only six minutes long. But let me tell you something about this. Let, let me tell you what was so funny about this. Ross was talking about in his commentary about, you know, Mike Rotunda's amateur wrestling background. But yep. by the time we actually got to this year, he was going under a Navy captain, hence the name Captain right. Mike Rotunda. Right, because he went from the varsity club Captain Mike Rotunda. They started building him up as a babyface. I don't, if I remember correctly, because I was watching uh, pretty heavily at the time. There was no babyface turn. I think he just one day showed up in a babyface outfit. He had the fucking captain's, uh, the anchor on the back of his trunks, wearing that fucking, like, jacket you buy it, like a yacht jacket that you buy in, like, a naval store or some bullshit. And he was wearing the stupid fucking hat. Oh, yeah. To put Mike Rotunda, a guy that was, like, one of the greatest wrestlers, like, serious wrestlers of all time, through a childish gimmick like that, it was just fucking bullshit. I didn't get it. When I saw him, I immediately thought, Boatsy Ho, Boatsy Ho. That's yeah. what I immediately thought. <laughs> Better give me my Boatsy Ho. That's what I thought. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? But because I watched nothing but old WCW, I, I, I was like, oh, okay, this is that micro thunder. I, was, I wasn't familiar with it back then, but I got familiar with it about, you know, four or five years ago in the network right. stuff. Yeah. So I mean, overall, this wasn't bad. It, it you know, it was just like a, a generic match. You know, you had Iron Sheik showing some generic heel right. off, and he was really just struggling. You know, I, I even seen him struggling trying to put on an abdominal stretch. I was like, dude, are you good? You know, he he's like sweating like he, throughout the whole. Match. Yeah, he walked into the fucking arena sweaty. He looked like he was having trouble uh, keeping his composure, like as a not necessarily as a character, but just. Walking, As a person, just, yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, what just, that's what drugs do to you. So, yeah, and well, we I'm, I'm not trying to shit on anybody, but it's well, everybody knows about his drug issues. Let's just face yeah. it. That's it's what it's well drugs documented. Do there's definitely there's a documentary yeah. Yeah. out there. I don't know. I don't know if you two have seen it or not. It's on Amazon Prime, and I highly recommend watching it. It's very good. It's very good. I'll have to watch that. Yeah, after, it's definitely after worth this, it. after this match, we had the Harley Race promo. Um, decent promo. I don't know. I've seen Harley Race cut better promos back then, but it was decent. I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, let's see. After the promo, you had, um, Dutch versus Doug Furness. Yeah, Dutch, the Dirty Dutch Mantel versus Doug Furness. This one, um... Yeah. Okay, so something Dan said struck me about this match. It's like, um, with Pillman and Landell being a mismatch, and then me saying that Rotunda and Sheik had like a, you know, like I said, five years earlier, they had like a really great match at WrestleMania uh, 1 in a tag match, but this match seemed like a very big mismatch. Dutch Mantel is one of those guys that can work with anybody. You know what I mean? He's just a, a great wrestler and great heel. Doug Furness, this is he was still relatively young, probably like a year or so into the business, maybe even a few months. Very um, green. Yeah, very. But I'm going to tell you something. Watching this match, watching him deliver a drop kick, and decided that he's got one of the best fucking drop kicks I've ever seen. He did it. He landed perfectly clean on the chest of Dutch Mantel, and the delivery mm-hmm. was just—it was beautiful and it was amazing. 
And yeah. something that I found ironic too was um, he was actually known as the world's strongest man as a nickname yes. um, at that time. That's he was cool. a weightlifter. Yeah, yep. He was a body a, a lifter. Yeah, he was he was competing in uh, you know weightlifting competitions and such. So I want to know, Rick. Can you answer this? What happened to Doug Furness? Is there a con? This is these are my notes. Is there a he, controversy uh, with, Doug, Doug, with Doug Furness? To me, this guy could have been a white. He could have been a white meat face. That guy, you know what I'm saying? He could a have white been meat baby face. Yep. Watching, well, watching uh, this, he could have been big. And I don't uh, know too much about him. No, he went on to uh, wrestle in Japan for a number of years as a tag team uh, with uh, Phil LaFont. Yep. And, and okay, um, that's why I know about him. They yeah, wrestled. He made in Yep, they wrestled in WWF. They made some appearances for ECW. Unfortunately, in 2012, uh, Doug Furness passed. He had uh, like he had some sort of heart issue, and he was only 52 years old. But he's going to grow down as possibly one of the most underrated professional wrestlers in the history of the business because I don't think that he ever had the opportunity to have a really awesome like singles run. Whether I mean, he looked like he was built to have a great singles run in, like, WWF or WCW or, you know, on top. And, unfortunately, it doesn't seem like he got really, in the tag team division, got some a really uh, good run with Phil LaFon in All Japan, and they were one of the greatest tag teams over there. They've had some incredible okay. matches. Go look them up on YouTube. They came into WWF and worked a little bit, and they made a few appearances in uh, ECW as well, but not much in the United, by the way of the United States. I think he might have wrestled in Stampede. Uh, I could be completely off by that, but uh, okay. he might have. He might. They, he might have. I believe we spoke on him last week. I believe somehow we yeah. spoke on him, and I vaguely knew about them because of their brief uh-huh. uh, stint in WWF. But yeah, yeah. I, I was impressed by by, by that guy. I, I yeah. was. I love. He's it. got that nice uh, in there. He's got some nice suplexes in there. He's had that mm-hmm. nice. Uh, yeah. Snap belly to belly on Dutch Mantel. And Dutch Mantel was brought in around this time for the same reason that I feel that uh, Buddy Landell was. He was just putting a lot of the younger talent over and making them look nice. And so pretty much the same thing, you know, oh. unfortunately. And I love the a legend at the time. He was. OK, I, 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 I love Jim Ross's commentary on Furnace, how he was putting over his uh, college football career. I really enjoyed that. Well, I'll tell you why that is. I'll tell you why that. Yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> They're both from Oklahoma. Anybody from Oklahoma, you know, uh, Jr. puts over like, you oh know, yeah, how high he was in Doctor Death, Steve Williams. So oh, that's yeah. the series you should watch in, in uh, all Japan is Furnace and Lafon against uh, uh, Doctor Death and Terry Gordy. So those are some fucking brutal ass matches. Yep. Want to do that stuff? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. YouTube, it's a wonderful tool. I know, it is great. (laughs) (laughs) We we know that. This next match really got me. Harley Race took on Tommy Rich. Now, if you know, this is 1990. Nine years earlier in 1981, Tommy Rich defeated Harley Race for the world title. They gave him six minutes and 32 seconds in this match, and it was one of the... It was interesting. I mean, Harley, Harley, the thing is, Harley Race looked better than Tommy Rich in this match, and he's like, what, probably 50 something, almost 60 well, years me, old in well, this let match? Me something. Tommy Rich, he didn't almost sell the pile driver. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. 
And, and uh, basically, they were just fighting in and outside the ring the whole time. And then when Tommy Rich finally goes for a diving crossbody, Harley Race just plays, you know, an old school tactic. Oh, I'm just going to go for the roll up. Yeah. I was trying to wonder because I was, I was sitting there, you know, there's been times I've seen Tommy Rich watching old WCW around the time period. And, and I'm like, does this guy ever really have it? I know that he was kind of a transitional champion. He, that's why he, from what I understand, he defeated Harley Race because there was some sort of bidding war on who the next champion was and whatever promoter won. And they took it on him. But was he ever really that popular or really that great? I mean, I know he had a really good run in Memphis. You know, I don't, I don't see like in Georgia that. I never thought he was really that great. I mean, I thought he was pretty good, but I don't know if he was NWA world champion. I mean, anybody that put the NWA world well, title well, is basically the king of teams, kind of, you know what I mean, as yeah, far as, like, world yeah. champions. They don't well, put I mean, they basically did hype. I mean, they basically did hype up this match because the way they built they the really match, did. they basically yeah, they declared did. it as a they battle between two great former yeah. world champions. Yeah, it was like the – my concern was with Harley Race. Did he really hit his head on the apron when they both went over? Did he really uh, hit his head I on think, that? I think he really did hit it on like the, yeah, on the side of the um, the side. Yeah, of the when they both went over, yep. that looked nasty. Even uh, with the commentating, and again, throughout the whole uh, card, I loved the commentating between uh, yeah. Ross and who else was it? Ross and Ross and Bob Cottle, the legendary Bob okay. Cottle, who um, after he left the after he left the NWA, he would go on to South Atlantic Pro Wrestling, which is a really underrated territory. It didn't last long. And he spent a lot of time in Smoky Mountain Wrestling uh, for pretty much its duration. So, Oh, yeah. okay, okay. And then the name Bob Cottle does sound familiar. Listening to He's a really good commentator. Yep. Podcast and everything. Uh, yep. I love the suplex on the runway. Uh, during yes. that match, yeah, I love the use of the runway. I uh, I don't know how other fans feel about it, but I love the runway. The thing with that I, is like WCW used it a lot in the earlier nineties, probably like nineteen ninety ninety one ish. And they use they used it for a lot of the Clash Champions and pay per view events for the for much of the earlier nineties. I'm like, why would they do away with it? It looks so cool, and it looked yeah. uh. Serious, you know, the only other place I really see that in is like New Japan or something. I don't ever see it anywhere else. Um, yeah. So to see that, you know, uh, in the WCW event, I mean, WWE never used it to my knowledge. The only time oh. I ever saw them use it was when they're in the Maple Leaf Gardens back in the 80s. So uh, yeah. I know I'm going a little too deep here. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, no, it's <laughs> cool. about, but at least you know that it's, cool. it's yeah. existed. And yeah. I don't know how other fans feel about it, but I like that look. Like, it looks good. I mean, it looks good. There's the whole, it's the whole ramp. And then in the background, you know, it's got, um, you know, it's got like the big gigantic WCW logo in the background. Mm-hmm. So it just, it, it, it's, add um, decoration. right. And it's, uh, yeah, this it is the, the long way. Yeah, <laughs> it looks, WCW, I think this, uh, it was pretty underrated, though. I mean, at this time period, WCW, this is like before they were coming off a really hot run of uh, a really great year of 1989 being like their fucking best year. And, you know, the roster that they had, it just seemed like, you know, they were starting to go t- more towards a cartoonish type thing. Jim Hurd had come in as president, yada, 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 and all that fucking bullshit with him. But, you know, it just seemed... Um, a little strange, you know, but they had 
I think there's a lot of underrated stuff. And I think you and I have talked about that, JJ, that uh, yeah. things of are in this era of NWA, uh, starting in 90, 91, or WCW, that it was, um, there's some underrated items, but there's also, you know, a lot of shit to fucking weed out. You got to weed out all the fucking, yeah. go through all the shit. So Weed out all the bullshit. Yeah, the next absolutely. match, we, yeah, the, the next match was the, uh, what was it? <laughs> The United well, States tag, tag Team match? title match. Yep, yeah. the United States tag match. The Midnight Express uh, defended against uh, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers. I'm going to tell you, all five talents involved in this match are fucking amazing. Between uh, Jim Cornette. Uh, I'm sitting there yeah. watching him and I'm laughing my ass off. I know. I don't know how you either you two uh, feel about him. I know You're he's saying what I feel. T- you are he's saying what I feel. He's an acquired taste. Some people just cannot stand him because he's too old-fashioned. He's too traditional. But I agree with like ninety-eight percent of what this fucking guy says, uh, whether it be politics or wrestling. Yeah. But, and then the thing with this is like you really get to see fucking Stan Lane shine for some reason. It's like it's been so long since I've seen, watched Stan Lane wrestle a match because he fucking retired only a few years later. That. Uh, he was fucking amazing to watch. And Scott and Steve, excuse me, I'm sorry, Steve and Tracy, the young, the uh, Southern boys are, um, you know, they they even mentioned, I think JR mentioned that they had been teaming for like three years. They'd basically been in Continental and wherever down south, but those dudes were very exciting as baby faces to watch. They really were that fucking good. Yeah. I loved everything about this match. And just, mm-hmm. just you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I love uh, that match. So, uh, well, then we know the uh, Ross referred to it as the the coup de grace. It was, um, yeah, with a drop kick off the off the rope that the Southern Boys did. Mm-hmm. That was insane for the time. That was yeah. insane. And it, and it made me like, Dan, how did you how do you feel about this match, man? Like. I, I yeah. loved it, you know, from beginning to end. Obviously, they had, like, that rush brawl in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of changed the stance when it came to, like, wrestling into a karate stance standoff, which I thought was pretty funny and hilarious, especially with uh, uh, Stan Lane, you know. And I guess he has, like, a black belt uh, background as well. I and, didn't know uh, he, so, I didn't some, of the, some, some of the kicks that uh, Tracy Smothers were uh, was landing too, and I, I wasn't—I would never knew somebody like him was capable of doing stuff like that. It, it was just this match was very enjoyed, you know, big pops um, right. throughout the yeah. match, um, even like two false finishes, two false finishes, yeah. which yes. that really hyped the match up. Yeah, right. those false finishes and the fans just made the match even better. And that's yeah, another absolutely. thing we haven't touched on was the crowd. An amazing crowd for tonight. All right, so this is what I wanted to say. You got a, you got a good point here, JJ, that while I was watching this, I thought that the crowd was kind of just like mild at, throughout the first, uh, let's see, five matches. You know, yeah. I thought the crowd was kind of mild. It wasn't like exciting. Because remember, if we were watching Clash of the Champions last week, we reviewed that yes. in the entire fucking show, the crowd was wild. This was a little bit more mild. They were not as fucking crazy. But, I mean, there's a two-year difference, and the product had changed somewhat. But it seemed like when this match came out, everything fucking changed for this show, and then the crowd got more into the fucking show. And it was just, I mean, the Midnights, the Southern Boys, I think that, seriously, when the Southern Boys uh, first came to the NWA, 
you're either wrestling the Midnight Express constantly or the Freebirds constantly. And so you knew you were going to get a fucking good match. And they were usually on the opening uh, match a lot of the times, too. So you knew that you were going to get like a fucking barn burner to get the crowd riled up. That's so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Well, we all, what about the finish? We have the, it had a, I like the finish. He I got the kick it. in the head. I, I was it. Yeah. He got, yeah, I thought that that was nice. He got the kick in the back of the head, correct? And then he, yeah. uh, he swiped him and then, yeah, went for the pin. It was, uh, yeah. it was good. I love tag team matches. You know, yeah. there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a huge tag team scene these days, but uh, going back to oh. this, you know, I could watch fucking hours, of hours of these two teams. And I, and I, you know what? I like the way they did that, though, because uh, the Southern boys, they did the whole switch rule, hoping that the referee wouldn't notice. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, Lambridge, the pin, he gets knocked out. Smothers tries to go to the top. He gets kicked in the head. Bobby rolls up for the win. It, you know, it's yeah. a classic finish. Yeah, I love the really finish. The, yeah, everything they, they did to get to the finish, I, I love it. I love it. it was yeah, it was classic. awesome. It was classic. And very classic. I loved it. If I had to give so, it, if I had to rate it, I'd give it uh, five super kicks. If I had to rate it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fuck was, no. I, I don't rate. I don't rate, man. I don't rate shit. I'm not a, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't use yeah. that five star uh, yeah, I don't system. Um, so I'm nobody to rate anything, but uh, <laughs> we're not making money off this. So, anyways, uh, according to Jim Ross, uh, match number seven, it was the North American debut of Big Van Vader. That's a fucking lie. That's a fucking lie. I'm going to tell you that maybe the Big Van Vader character, but you know Leon White was uh, wrestling in the AWA in the early '80s. So I like how they try to trick the fans. Yeah. So he wrestled in the AWA. It's Baby Bull Leon White. Dan, I can only see half your head. <laughs> yeah, Eric, I can only Eric. see your 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 necklace. Yeah, maybe it'll come out better on screen. All right. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yeah, I knew that was screwy. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, no way. Vader's been like seen before. No way. And uh, yeah. he wrestled the Z Man. Yeah. Former, well, uh, the funny thing is, you he gets squished in two minutes here. Two minutes squash match, yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I bet you at that point, uh, Tom had wished that he had stayed in WWF with that money. So, and that, you know, they were really pushing them as a tag team because it was like he came in and just got squished by a 400 pound man. And I had forgotten that Big Van Vader actually had that mask at one point. That was a full mask because then if you, you see in the future, he wears that like red strap. The type mask. This was like a full mask with like the lightning bolts on it type thing. It's pretty interesting. I forgot. I forgot all about it, but I did remember it from uh, seeing it in Japanese videos and stuff. Uh, I'm kind of sad that he stopped using the uh, the whole Mastodon uh, helmet, kind of like the whole uh, Japanese style helmet. I think that that had something to do with the fact that I think it was owned by uh, All Japan. And they, they, they gave it to him, and he was able to bring it over here to the United States. I like how they're trying to sell it as it's like a, an ancient samurai-like uniform uh, get-up and stuff like that and the whole thing. I'm like, the thing blows air and all this other shit. It's like, it's all modern and technical and stuff. So I thought it was pretty <laughs> comical. Yeah. So the uh, match number eight, it's pretty controversial. I mean, with uh, the crowd chanting an expletive at the Freebirds. Um, yeah. yeah! Wow! What was, 
football. What was up with that attire? Like, you know, the fr- fabulous Freebirds are looking like a 2002 Rico. Yeah. Um, there were times where they came out wearing those glittery tights, and it was just like, wow, you guys look. I love this. We'll say weird. We'll say weird. So I weird. love it. Just, I loved everything about it, about their outfits and and the makeup. Yeah. I love it. You know, I want to take a quote. I want to take a quote out of Michael Hayes that he said in one of his old WC, WCCW promos. He, you know, Bubba bad to the bone. I don't know. He kind of looked soft there with the makeup and everything. Yeah. Well, this is like the uh, this is the light version. This is like comparing like you know, it's like um, it's it really compared Miller High Life to like Miller Light. This is the Freebirds light. It's not really. A lot of people don't give uh, Jimmy Garvin credit as part of the Freebirds. I always did because I thought him and Hayes worked well together, and he joined when the other two guys were still part of the team. But the WCW run, they did a lot of really corny stuff. Like they were more really, glam. Yeah. Were they yeah. More glam? Okay. Yeah, exactly. But I loved it because yeah, I'm. I'm well. Uh, I don't know, there's a little term called goth glam. So I know what you're you know, saying. I know what you're saying. So yeah. I can lean toward that. Um, I, 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 I dug it. I dug uh, what they were doing. Uh, the Steiners, I couldn't believe, were so young. And uh, Scott Steiner was so agile and so... This is before he packed on 15 pounds of muscle. And, well, I'm going to also uh, say that. This and, is right around the time they were becoming the greatest tag team. So... And the, one of the greatest tag teams in the history of tag team wrestling. So they weren't really like packing it on there, like be, you know doing a lot of the stuff that they ended up doing in the coming months and the coming year, because they were still kind of form like getting it together as a team. Because um, I think they'd only been together less than a year. Because I think if I remember correctly, in 1989, Steiner was uh, was he still breaking up from the Varsity Club and such around that time period? So they had only. So it, it had only been probably um, like eight months. Around eight there. Months yeah, so it's really? like they weren't fully, I don't think that Rick and Scott were fully together even a year at this time period. But I'm going to say that Scott, Scott uh, Steiner had one of the greatest mullets in professional wrestling in this time period. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. That is true. I agree with you on that. Uh, let, let, let's talk about the, uh, the foul language that was said in the crowd. So um, obviously, Rick, you, you know, me and you are kind of on the same side when it comes to hearing possibly the same uh, words coming out of the fan's mouth, which I'm surprised that they <laughs> the weren't, you know, like, out, they didn't, you know, yeah, they didn't try to get rid of it for the network edition. Then again, I can't be surprised because if you watch like a lot of the old like ECW stuff, you hear the words "fuck," "shit," "bitch," yeah. all that. You know? Those are not anything. This those are not anything. If anybody, uh, you know, not uh, I know JJ and Dan and I do not agree with this term, but the uh, to hear the the crowd chanting "faggot" at the fabulous Freebirds, uh, oh, not yeah. that we agree with it because we do not. Uh. Um, it's just, you know, um, I was kind of laughing because like I said, this is 1990. Yeah. Things were completely different then. Uh, and to hear this, I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe it. And it's, you know, and obviously it's, it's a way that they were trying to get the heels, uh, worked up and it worked. Uh 
But I, I could not believe that I hear. I, uh, Either, you would never hear that today. Yeah. I couldn't no, believe you would that. Not. Like, oh my god! Like, that's where oh, we I had were to text at. Dan. I had to text Dan. I said, "Are they are they saying faggot?" Like, and he was like, uh, "I think so." And I was like, "Holy shit!" I had so, to rewind it. I, I three two, two two times. I'm like, "Oh, oh my god! They're saying faggot!" I'm like, "Oh my god!" Like, my god, my godfather would take me to wrestling shows. And and my godfather is gay, you know. But I, but he would take me to WWF shows, and that was when another that was during the Shawn Michaels Bret Hart time. But anyway, right. it's just like oh my goodness, like that's apparently that is oh. showing where where our country was at that time uh, in 1991 yeah. or 1990. Excuse me, 1990, um, yeah. we were not. Uh, I guess. Um, I don't know. I guess it was regular behavior for the time. Not that we agree about it. Like I said, I've, I've said this many times. Well, you know what? Just for a little bit of a, like a history lesson, you know, going yeah, back around sure. that time. Too, if you want to look back at like the pandemic of like HIV and like AIDS, like a lot of that stuff didn't have a name at that time. And you had a right. lot of famous people dying around that time. So when they looked at somebody like Freddie Mercury, by the time 1990 yeah. came along, you could already tell that his health was declining. You already know what he had without even saying it because you knew the type right. of lifestyle that he lived. And that ended up becoming a, a very, like, a derogatory term for, uh, they automatically, you know, back in the day, for, I know we're getting off subject, that they automatically thought that it was a, a disease between homosexuals, which was, yeah. you know, obviously very inaccurate. You know, and yeah. just like, oh, like if you had that, you must be gay. Like, it's just like, it no, shows things, how much you we've know, evolved. and that was, yeah, it was, uh, we've evolved it, it was, in the past few years. Right. And you know, we've definitely, uh, as a, as a, well, I don't know, with our current, uh, political situation in this country, it doesn't seem like we're evolving much, but no, we're not going to talk. This, right. this is, yeah, not this, a is wrestling. Uh, this, this yeah, is wrestling. this is a professional wrestling, uh, yeah. podcast, but, not um, a political podcast. Yeah. So, and, but, however, we are allowed to express our opinions because this is a free fucking country. So, exactly. there you go, The gentlemen. next match was a, uh, uh, was a six-man tag, right? Am I right? Yep. That's what the, the next one I know. The, right, the ill-fated yeah. dude, dudes with attitudes, uh, Ellie <laughs> Junkyard Dog, and Mr. Wonderful Paul Nondorf. Mr. Oh, Wonderful my Nondorf, God. Yeah, came out wearing his white gear and that fancy-ass jacket. Took on the uh-huh. horseman of Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, and Sid Vicious. Let me tell you right off the back. This match was the shits. I hated it. <laughs> Bad match. JYD didn't sell shit. Orndorff was right. the only one in the match who was practically selling everything. And basically, just to end off the match, they were like, hey, we're just going to, you know, manhandle this guy three on one, throw him over the top rope, and, you know, have those guys win by DQ. Because, God forbid, that was an embarrassment. Hands down. Right. So I'm wondering, it's like, you know, you really had uh, the shits on one side of the, uh, you know, with Ellie Conte. Junkyard Dog was so far gone at that time from being the Junkyard Dog. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Orndorff on that side was possibly still at that time one of the greatest wrestlers to go on. You know what I mean? So, I mean, he still I had love enough, what he, he still did had what at he least did. another. Yeah. He was awesome. And I he love what, what uh, Barry Windham did in the ring. Barry Wyndham yeah. still still tried to you know to work. Same with Arn. Yeah, yeah. I love the the crowd reaction. Arn is uh, Arn is one of the greatest uh, 
wrestlers in that time period. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention. I want to step backwards a couple matches. I'm sorry. I forgot to mention. This is one of the things I wanted to bring up earlier during the Midnight's and Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton, the Midnight, uh, excuse me, the Midnight and Southern Boys matches. Do you realize that the entire time the crowd is chanting for both teams? The Midnight Express were over yeah. so much and they were getting like right. such a great crowd reaction as as if they were baby faces the whole time and i was just like i was loving it and i think that that was like right when they decided to turn heel again but they it wasn't because they, they had a short uh baby face run in 1989 against the original midnight express that's what i wanted to mention i forgot to mention that earlier we can get back you're, to the no, you're right so, they were yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't think yeah. about that. yeah so i was watching that and and Anyways, but the dudes with the attitudes and the uh, horsemen. Yeah, uh, I loved how match. the crowd was crazy for Sid. The yeah. crowd was that yeah. was so crazy because it's like not a lot of people really cared for him, and he wasn't going to be in here that much longer before he took off to go to WWE at some point for his first run. Um, yeah, but he had some. He, um, I mean, Anderson. To my personal favorite, Ander, Arn Anderson's probably top two wrestlers. I keep switching between him and Benoit of all time. It all depends on my mood that day. But I think that, you know, he was in that side. Him, Arn, and Barry, like, really carried that fucking match. And Orndorff really carried that fucking match. Like, the three of them. You know what? It pisses me off because we ended up getting a match like this. And Arn's title, which, you know, he was a t- television champion at that time, that was the only title that was not on the line that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. yeah, well, because if you listen to JR's commentary, he announces that there's five title matches. And then during the first match, he corrects himself, saying, sorry, I thought there was five, there was four, and the television title is not on the line tonight. So, yeah. And speaking of title matches, the next match was uh, Lex Luger versus uh, Mean Mark Callis, right? I'm telling you, those two walking down the ring, the challenger and his manager, they were very familiar looking. I don't know who the fuck they were. <laughs> so, oh, no. Rings to gongs. I mean bells. Um. <laughs> I will. I but love was, the belt that Lex had. Um, yeah, that's the that belt. Dude, that, that version of the United States belt is a beautiful belt. But oh. you know, the thing with this is like Mark, uh, me, Mark, the Undertaker, whichever we want to refer to him as, is uh, yeah. you tell he was definitely. You know, it was only probably like I was talking to my wife about this because she came in while we were when I was watching it. That it's only like five months away before he. He uh, debuts at the Survivor Series, yeah. something like that. Because he devo- debuted really? in 1990, something like that. Oh, yeah, he, he devo- I think it was November of uh, right. Yeah, November so, of ninety. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yep. So it's like you know, but he doesn't seem like he seems a. How do I put this? He wasn't as good here as he was going to be. When he went arrived in WWE in a few months or but, WWF, excuse me. But as you as you and Dan had stated, clash of um, you know, there's a, a clash, clash of styles, of, right? Styles, yep. because I mean it's Lex Luger, you know, yep. kind of hard to match. You know, we we talked about Lex having good matches with uh, Brian Pillman, you know, uh, well, but I thought know. his uh, when. Lex, he wasn't necessarily the greatest wrestler, but when he was in the NWA slash WCW from like 87 to like 91 or so, uh, maybe 92, he had some really decent matches depending on who his opponent was, you know, and uh, this match really isn't. Um, I, I, I expected more. I, I, wouldn't, I expected, more, to, I expected yeah. more. 
I thought the, one of the things was that Luger got him in a torture rack. He wasn't, he didn't have it locked on properly because he was just like, he had him like he was holding him over his shoulder but, like a fireman's carry rather than have him laying out, laid out across. But, but let me tell you though, the, like the momentum that Luger got, you know, his momentum was all off of, you know, screaming clotheslines. You know, he's screaming throughout the whole match, hitting clotheslines on the Undertaker. And that's how he beat him. Like, I, with yeah. the clothesline, I was like, are you serious? Like, I mean, yeah. you're beating a guy that's, like, twice your size with a fucking clothesline to the chest. Yes. Like, I was just like, nose. that's it? That's it? Like, yes. what? That, that's in my One of the things is that... How big... Uh, One of the other things that I forgot was that uh, Jim Ross always used to refer to Paulie Dangerously as this the yuppie scar the yuppie the psycho yuppie from Scarsdale, which I always loved that that uh, that expression. It was always it was always really funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed something else I found funny. Uh, Go ahead, Dan. Something else I found funny, too, you know, like, JR is still going over the whole uh, football backgrounds when I uh, mentioned Lex Luger and everything. But yeah. um, if you heard Paul Heyman on the outside, he was all like, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, you're not supposed to wrestle this good if you were a football player. Uh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> I, didn't hear that. <laughs> I did not catch that, Dan. Oh, my God. So, I uh, didn't catch did that. Yeah, I gotta tell you, you put the thing on during the, in the background. You're watching the show in the background as well. Yes, sir. It's yeah, me too. Mix, it's, on, it's, yeah, on, it's on the. It's, mine's on the same fucking match. Oh wow, that's weird. <laughs> so we must have both played it at the same time. So yes, Dan, yes, what are you doing, Dan? What are you doing? Um, I was Hey, that's my catchphrase. Come on now. Yeah, <laughs> that's why say. I said it. That's why I said yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like this is you know, I always. I always put it on. I always try to put the event we're covering in the background just to kind of have it, uh, you know, right. keep it a little, a little bit fresh, you know. But, uh, yeah. uh, speaking of background, you know, as soon as I got done with watching uh, 1990 Great American Bash, it went right over to the next year. And oh my God, let me tell you, the quality on that, you know, the quality of that whole pay per view was just horrendous. It was horrible. Like some of the, some of the commentary was cut off. Like, yeah. That's something that we're going to have to to do down the road is definitely cover that. So, you know, yeah. because we got a lot of we already have a lot of stuff. Uh, as I text you guys both earlier today, we have like kind of a fucking heavy schedule ahead of us. Uh, well, you know, like the dates for, you know, the next couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're not going to do random shit in the middle. So and yeah. pop, like bonus shit, uh, because we are looking to um, do bonus stuff. Uh, so yeah. anyways. Um, the yeah, we had uh, we talked about. I'm gonna tell you something the world tag team title match, Doom Ron Simmons against uh. the Rock and Roll Express. The Rock and Roll Express have the opportunity to become now, if I'm correct, he said the five time world tag team champions here. Is that that he had the opportunity? Um, yeah. I think I think it's this better. was a mismatch. If you you tell me because it was like Rock and Roll Express are really old school for the time, like very eighties baby faces, and Doom are just two powerhouses that are just looking to fucking throw you around, kick the ever loving shit out of you. Like, yeah. and I loved the tag team of Butch Reed and Ron Simmons as a team. Whether they had masks, whether they didn't have masks, it doesn't fucking matter. They were just a fucking great team, I thought, and um, they definitely showed that here. The Rock and Roll Express just seemed to. <sighs> 
I'm kind of in the middle on this match. Like it's kind of it's all right. It would have been great. And, like, spot, like, I think spot the, show. and I think some of the fans can sense that too, and maybe like some of the viewers who were watching at home at that time, because obviously a few months later at the next event, Halloween Havoc '99 or 1990, excuse me. Uh, you would have Rick Morton team up with Wildfire Tommy Rich against well, the Midnight had to Express. Do, that also had to do with um, Robert Gibson was out with a knee injury as well. Right. So Tommy Rich, Tommy and, Rich took his spot. And then you got too. Probably like a couple months after that as well. You know, Ricky Morton yeah. would turn heel. Yep. So. I remember. Well, yeah, that's definitely stuff down the road we got to talk about and bring into this because there's definitely yeah. episodes. I remember that was at a Clash of the Champions. I think if uh, I remember correctly, Dan, if uh, where Ricky Morton turned heel, Richard Morton, excuse me. So I, I just wanted to know how Butch Reed didn't become like a big, huge single star. You know, is there a reason? Uh, that I can't answer. I know that he was in. Uh, mid-south in the earlier part of the 80s and then you know i think if i remember correctly he made some appearances in world class and then he joined the wwf in around 1987 and left about 1988 and then he disappeared for a little bit came over to wcw until you know and then you know formed with doom and then when they broke up he kind of seemed to disappear after a little while and then never really heard from again as like a full-time wrestler i don't think i ever saw him uh, on a regular basis anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, me too. And I, I always of... liked him. Like, something about yeah, him always stuck absolutely. out to me. And I always yeah. thought, like, man, well, how come he wasn't a big, huge star? Like, a big single star. Ooh, yeah, that's going to put some hair on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> and just uh, took a shot of some whiskey. For those yes, of you that yes, are, don't know yep, if they I can't took, see It was anything. a shot of... Island Mist. This is, I don't know. I'm assuming this was some really cheap whiskey because it's in a plastic fucking bottle. So, you know, that's, that's a sign of quality right there, gentlemen. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, Doom yeah, did defeat the Rock and Roll Express. Doom beat the Rock and Roll Express. But, and, uh, yeah, I, I agree that, uh, you know, it, yeah, it was uh, Ron I, Simmons was the one that went on to superstardom in a way. Yeah. Oh, and you know, and now, now that you guys brought that up, I, I think there was something else along the lines of, um, I'm, I'm not sure if it was JR, but they said they were the first black African-American tag team champions. Maybe yeah. in that company. Really? But otherwise, so that's not a, that was... So that's not a fact. Well, oh, you know what? Yeah. You were right. They had the first National Wrestling Alliance black African-American tag teams because, what, 1983, 84? Yeah. It was uh, in WWF. Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson were. Yep. Now, oh. you know I did not even catch that at the time. And, you know, I did know that answer. But I uh, I don't know how I didn't pick up on that when they said it. I'm uh, watching. That's pretty interesting that, that, that you pointed that out there. Yeah, very good, very good, interesting point. The next match was the uh, main event. Okay. Where, so, uh, Blair makes I'm surprised at this match for some reason. Last week, we... Um, Wait a second. Okay. Last week we covered Clash of Champions where Ric Flair and Sting wrestled to a 45-minute time limit draw, and basically that match made Sting's career. Made him, shot him into superstardom, and yeah. this match... How the fuck do you explain two years later, Sting defeats Ric Flair for the world title in 16 minutes and 6 seconds? That's what I don't understand. I don't and get neither it. Of, I don't get that part. 
Um, I remember as a kid, I was very excited at this result, but uh, now growing up, I'm like, uh, I, sh- I, I think about the comparisons of two years earlier as a 45-minute time limit match, and today, uh, you know, but he beat him in 16 minutes. One of the other things that um, I loved about this was Sting's get-up. He was very patriotic on this day. Yeah, the, that's the, on my note. We wore the legendary red, white, and blue get-up, and um, I don't know, man. I really like the Surfer Sting. I, the, the, this this version of Sting is my favorite, the Surfer Sting version. And it, it was when he became the Crow Sting that, uh, my personal opinion, he yeah. wasn't as cool, man. He wasn't as cool, and he didn't wrestle as cool, as good. Personal opinion. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed the match. I thought this was the match that made Sting only because the, um, the comment, you know, Ross, and who else was the other commentator? I'm sorry, I Bob, forget. Bob, 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 Bob Paddle. Uh, they kept putting over like how big this title match was and how important yeah. the belt was. And to me, it felt just it felt important. And, and is yeah. this Sting's first like, again? This is Sting's first Sting's first uh, title run. Yep. Yeah. Is it? Okay. Yes, so watching this, this would make me think like this is the match that. Put Sting in the superstar and just yes, you know sir. the casual and, thing. That's, and that's something that I told Rick too. Like this match basically just solidified uh, Sting's career as like a main event superstar, Absolutely. but also like going on and carrying the company, saying you know Ric Flair basically saying like, "Hey, I trust you." You know. Yeah. Yes. Well, one thing, one thing that pissed me off though was the finish. Because if you guys notice, when Sting or Ric Flair was going for that knee in the turnbuckle, the cameras yes. just went to the crowd. What? The yes. Fuck? Okay. Yes. I noticed I that. that. I said yeah. because I noticed that, and because I jumped up and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" I mm-hmm. think that that was, um, if I remember correctly, I don't think that that was in the original. I think that was an edited version for the network. Something must have happened, and they just panned away from it because they've done that before on the WWE Network because they fuck with shit. Because it's the WWE Network, you know. Oh. Anytime they get, anytime they get pissed off at something or something is not going right, they've gone in and then they've showed like fucking crowds. But you can definitely tell that if a crowd is like, oh, that crowd is not from 1989. That looks like a modern crowd or some bullshit. They've done that shit before, and that's part of the fucking bullshit that WWE. Oh, Network that's does. like rewriting history. I don't like that stuff. But I did notice that that happened. Too. Yeah, I noticed that too. Okay, but the other thing with with the finish is that he went for the figure four, and then he just kind of gave him like uh, a, a, a small package. I was like, well, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, I was like, I was expecting something longer, and you know, something bigger as far as the main event went. So I just found it strange. I mean, but it was a really I, fucking good match because I think that anytime Sting and Flair yeah. stepped in the fucking ring together. It was pure fucking gold. The crowd, yeah, the crowd yeah. was always fucking wrapped up yeah. in it as well. Yeah, you're gonna get a great match. I I like that. Uh, it made uh, it it didn't make Flair look too weak. You know, right. it, it left it left for more. Like, hey, Flair can be like, hey, you. you got lucky. You know, you got lucky because you rolled yeah, up absolutely. in a small package. I want one my rematch. Pre-match, one of the pre-match promos, I think, that Flair cut was possibly, like, it was fucking intense, and it was just, it was really good, you know? Was, yeah. That guy could fucking cut a promo, and 
he was ready. He's like, I'm doing this, you know, and it was just awesome. God damn. I enjoyed so, it. Uh, all yeah, all in all, it was a good uh, good watch. Yeah. Good to see you. I, I love the card. And anything old WCW, I, I, I just love it. You know, for, for what it is, I love it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can't wait to do more with this. You know, uh, I can't yeah. wait to watch more as we reveal. I don't think we have any WCW lined up. Uh, I don't have my schedule with me, but uh, I don't um, think we have any others uh, WCW lined up at the t- time. Nope. For the time next, week, next Sunday, we're going to the land of extreme. Isn't that right? That's Rick? true. Yes, Ooh, sir. Living yes. Dangerously 2000, Danbury, Connecticut at the O'Neill Center. Uh, and in an event that I was at, and I'm going to try to rack my fucking little brain to try to remember anything about being in attendance, because I was kind of, yeah. you know, it was kind of my partying days, too, as well, so I can't fucking lie about that, so. <laughs> so, yeah, we have a couple shows lined up, and don't forget the 18th and 19th, Dan and I will be back uh, together. We're doing two shows for Impact and, what's the other one? Oh, Extreme Rules. Are you in on that one, JJ? You'll be here? Uh, when Extreme Rules, that's a Sunday. Uh, it's a fucking Sunday night, whatever. So, Sunday yeah. night. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Yep, yep. So. Sunday night, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Every Sunday night, Dan and uh, Rick and JJ are here. And, uh, yeah, so that week, Dan and I have double duty. Actually, triple duty, because we got a regular Tuesday night show as well that week. So. Ooh. Yep. And all right, so we covered the Great American Bash 1990, one of the kind of oddball. I mean, this would not be a strange NWA slash WCW event because in the future, be a hell of a lot more stranger events that had happened in there. Yeah. Um. So, what else would you guys like to bring up? Well, I mean, if you have any recommendations, like we did last week and the week before, would you want to? Bring up recommendations or anything, or talk about that. Uh, we can talk about that stuff off air. Off air, okay. Um, yeah, but um, um, from what I understand, there's uh, have you guys? I don't know if you, Dan, did you watch the Great American Bash? Um, I, I just got done watching it yesterday. Um, okay. it, it wasn't I have, yet to, bad. I have not sat down I, to watch it yet. I mean, it definitely wasn't bad, but I thought the main event was. Good for what it was. Um, what was the main event for night one? Uh, the main event was Sasha Banks taking on Io Shirai. All right. Um, from what I understand, that um, I saw the ratings. Now I told you um, I'm not a ratings person. I don't give two fucks about rating as long as the product is uh, worth my watching. Um, so I, from what I understand, that was. Um, one of the only times that NXT had actually beaten uh, AEW in the ratings uh, is because of that match. That's what I heard. I don't know how true that shit is, but you know. I think there might have been. I think there might have been like another time or so, but um, yeah, I think definitely that, like this I said, past I week. Yeah. Yeah. I know but, was... but next Wednesday is definitely going to be something to look forward to because of the whole. Um, Spoiler, I guess you would say, with the uh, the main event for next week. So I'm not sure know, if WWE. Um, well, I don't know. JJ, did you hear about this spoiler? I don't know how close that uh, JJ I did. Yeah. yeah. I did. Um, 
I hear about uh, some wrestler leaked a spoiler through yep. their Instagram story. Yep. And yep. you know, it was, uh, it, was, so it was for the NXT title. Oh! oh. Double and title match. Yeah, double title match. And from, but um, an article came out probably the next day after Dan sent that to me that uh, there might have been, there may have been, not guaranteed, two finishes uh, filmed. So I guess we're just um, going to have to fucking find out Wednesday what actually happens because, right. and what, which version that they air. Um, and if it's true, I am extremely excited. Uh, if uh, it's going to make me want to watch NXT. Yeah, well, if the uh, title change is true, I'm going to be extremely excited because the gentleman that wins the title, ah, oh, fuck it, let's just say it, Keith Lee supposedly wins the title um, off Adam Cole. And Keith Lee is one of my <laughs> absolute favorites of the modern era of, in the last couple of years. So, yeah, he's um, exciting. Yeah, he's very exciting for a guy yeah. his size. I think he's probably about yeah. the same size as myself. And he, um, if he, if he, if they actually do show that, I'm going to be very excited because um, you know I've, I've I've popped a few times watching uh, watching his, this guy, especially his series with Dijakovic. Uh, they've done some good matches. They've wrestled a few times in Northeast wrestling as too, Dan uh, Dijak and uh, Keith Lee. Sorry, yeah, I, I, was, I was there for one of those. Who were you? Okay. Yeah, it was, probably it was, um, it was over the top scene. Uh, yes. Yep. They've done one match there. Yep. I remember. I remember that day because that was the day I met Ricochet, and that was like the only reason why okay. I went to that event. Right. Was oh, he still with Ring of Honor at the time period? Um, I think yeah, Dijak was still a part of Ring of Honor, and then Keith Lee. I think Keith Lee was a part of Ring of Honor too, but I know he was doing like PWG shows and evolved. Yeah. Right. And uh, Ricochet, I think he was still part of um, Lucha Underground because Sammy oh, Callahan was at that show. This is a Northeast show Sammy Callahan had come out for? Yeah, he was. Is, how I missed this show. 2017, January of 2017, over the top. Jesus, all right. I wish I, Jesus, I don't pay enough to, to, and that was, to go that to was Northeast the events, but I don't pay enough attention. That was the same event Michael Bennett won the over-the-top Rumble match, and that's when okay. he would face uh, Orion for the title at WrestleFest uh, about like a month or two later in the same, uh, well, not the same venue, but the same area. Right. That's That's pretty cool, man. So... So what else, JD? What else do you got going on there? What do I have going on? Yes, sir. <laughs> as far as uh... professional wrestling news, oh, professional anything. wrestling news, anything? Uh, well, I love um, uh, professional wrestling news. I've just been watching a lot of old WCW Saturday Night. Yeah. Uh, old yep. W. I've been watching World Class. Uh, yes, I tried watching from AEW, uh, not AEW. Um, what was it? AWA. Uh, AWA. Yes. AWA. Yeah. AWA. Last week, last week you had recommended me watch some AWA, and I believe sometime maybe Monday or Tuesday night I uh, watched a couple episodes of it. What did yeah. you, uh, What did you watch? Stuff on the network. On the network, yeah. I I don't remember what it was AWA wise, but I do remember <laughs> watching. 
uh, it was world class. And uh, oh my goodness, who was in the first match? It was uh, somebody with. Is, is there a David Von Erich? Yep, he was the okay. uh, he was the guy that you were supposed to put the NWA title on, but then he died. Uh, he okay, it was dying. a match with David Von Erich and somebody else. I can't remember who who it was, but. Uh, Fun match. I loved it, and I kept on watching it. And I remember just falling asleep to it a couple of days ago. I well, I, I, I fell asleep to it. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I didn't. I didn't fall asleep to it because it was boring. I, I fell asleep to it because I, you know, I got tired and I wasn't really feeling. It was the wrong time of day to put it on. Exactly. I get you. At night. Yeah, it was at night at about midnight, one o'clock, you know, in the morning. So. Yeah. I need some recommendations from you, gentlemen. What should I be watching these days? Oh boy. Um, oh, I mean, besides uh, NXT, Ring of Honor, or are we just talking like I uh, freelance wrestling? Like, free freelance. <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen some freelance stuff on. Uh, I, you know, I subscribe to independentwrestling.tv, and they're on there. Um, and I, I enjoy them the, from what I've seen. I have enjoyed them. Uh, they're from out your way, right? In Indiana? or uh, In Chicago. Chicago, sorry. Yeah, Drew blank. They're from out there, right? I should fucking yeah, go out there for a show. I should go out uh, there for I, a show. I enjoy uh, anything freelance and anything warrior wrestling. Yep, I've seen uh, warrior I, wrestling I rec- as well. Yeah, I recommend any of that. And uh, yeah. Good people at warrior wrestling. I remember I told yes. you they gave me a press pass for uh yes for your yep. wrestling six or five i forgot what it was i okay. and, uh obtained the press passes it's, it's good people man uh, warrior wrestling treated me very good so. so let me ask you uh recently a picture of you has been making the rounds with said former wcw superstar um mm-hmm. used in a video um why don't you tell everybody and dan about that event about that Okay, uh, I, I don't mind. Uh, uh, okay, well, a, a friend uh, had notified me uh, a couple days ago, Thursday maybe, Thursday morning. He had notified me that he saw a picture of me uh, from my interview with Buff Bagwell that I did a few years ago on a video by Wrestling Bios, a YouTube channel. That I am a fan of. Oh my god, I watch yes. those guys. Yes, I, yeah, okay, you watch too. I watch him too. I, I love the guy's voice. I don't know what country he's from, but I love his accent. I, I love all the, his, 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 what is he? He does a series, the Monday Nitro versus Monday Night yeah. Raw series. I love, I watch his channel. The act, the channel's been active for about a year and a half. And he yeah. used, well, I don't know if it's a team or how many people, but he used. Well, uh, a screenshot of me and Buff, of a picture of Buff and Buff and I, uh, for a Buff video, and used it in his video. And I didn't know that until three, four days ago, and it just boggled my mind. It humbled me, knowing that okay, this this dude took the time to watch my interview and took a screenshot of it. Wow! So is the interview that uh, is the interview that you did with uh, Bagwell up on YouTube, or where is it? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's on okay. it's on my YouTube page. Yes. It's on my YouTube the page. JJ Sin. Why don't you tell everybody here? Oh uh, uh, yeah, and it's on my YouTube page, and you can uh, watch that interview uh, with me, Buff, and I. It was uh, uh, at JJ Sin. JJ S I 
N N Z. Make sure you put a space bar between the the JJ and the sins because uh, that's the only way I'll come up. So JJ space bar. I'm serious. <laughs> JJ space bar sins. I'm serious. People have like I can't find it. I can't find it. I'm like, well, you gotta put a space bar between the two J's and the sins. That's how it. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Dude, that's but awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it is. It, was, it, it blew my mind. I was like, "Holy crap!" I love it. I love this channel, and uh, it just made oh, my. Yeah, I've, seen it. I've seen it before, and you messaged me saying that. And I was like, "Yeah, right." And so then, and of course, I went and watched it, and I said, "This DJ, <laughs> he looks just like that with the hat and the, you know, and and uh, you know, Marcus That's Alexander Bagwell." Uh, yeah, Buck Bagwell. Just uh, yeah. So that was uh, that was cool. It was humbling. I was like, "Wow, it's so cool," and I felt bad because. The video came out six months ago, maybe seven months ago, yeah, and I yeah. had, I had watched it, but I, well, I listened to it. I didn't watch it because I was driving to work, listening to it, and I, 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 I thought I felt bad. I, you know, the way I, you know, I found out so late, but right, um, I do, I do watch his videos though. I do, you know, just don't watch while you're, you know, while I'm driving. Sure I know. Yeah. 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 Just be careful there. We don't want to lose I'll a member of our that. team. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't want to ever do that. So I, yeah, I'll just uh, you know, watch when I'm not driving. Yes, there's a lot of uh... shit. I just lost the page. There was a, a Northeast Wrestling event coming up in uh, August 15th, Dan. In uh, if I remember correctly, and here it is. It's the Bethany Town Hall. There's no talent listed for it yet, so. I don't know if it's going to be indoors or outdoors. Maybe we'll I, be mean, in the I mean, in this, I mean, in this case, I, I yeah, would I love to see it outdoors, you know. Yeah. At least we'd be able to get to see a live wrestling event again, you know. Yeah, right. It's outdoors. I know hey, it was a wrestling event. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I wouldn't even mind, Rick, you know, maybe you and I maybe could team up and stuff like that. Maybe do like a live video, you know, maybe yeah, conduct a, get a few connections. That's so Cool. I wish I was yeah, in Connecticut. It's supposedly August 15th, 7 o'clock, 7 to 10. So I'm watching this uh, closely on their Facebook page to see if anything changes. Uh, as of right now, it's still going on. I know there's a couple shows. I know um, Paradise Alley has had a couple shows scheduled for September. I think one was at the uh, fairgrounds. I think that already got canceled. I think it was like a part of Taco Fest. But According to the Facebook page, the uh, show in Woodbridge, I don't know if you've ever been out that way, Dan, it's not too far from where you are, that that show is still on as of present moment. Uh, it's at the JCC, and I went to the one last year that they did at the JCC. It's a nice venue. Uh, it's about literally about three to four minutes from where I grew up. I grew up like two blocks from there, and it's, a, it's just uh, it's a really nice building. So I usually take part in a Scrabble tournament there every year through work. <laughs> it's just a very That's nice building. Cool. So I'm, I'm hoping that this shit, I'm hoping that that event takes place. So I, I, I like, uh, so there's two shows that we can, go ahead, bud. Go ahead. Well, there's just, you know, a couple shows there that were, that are listed that uh, I'm hoping actually do take place. Cause I'm itching to get out to a live event. I really am. Mm, I feel you. Oh, I feel you on that. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing while we're here, I might as well share some of the uh, recent pickups from my, uh, Absolutely, in, my you know, my, uh, my uh, independent stay uh, unboxing, I guess you would say, as I uh, quoted on my oh, YouTube. 
I think you're going to like this stuff, uh, JJ. I don't yeah, think I have anything I coming go. in. I don't think I have anything coming in for like a, a while. I think I finally am caught up outside of like my loot boxes. Uh, that uh, what did, what's today's date? The fifth. Fifth. Yeah. So they usually they, come around. They, the, they usually come around the thirteenth or so, right? So I think I got yeah. I'm waiting on so. that collecting loot. I did get a nice pin in the mail, but okay, I, I'd have to look for it. <laughs> well, all right. So go ahead, me, man. Why don't you share this stuff? Let me reveal some of these things here now. Rick, JJ, you guys know how much I passionately talk about demolition. Um, oh, I love it. That's my favorite tag. <laughs> but um, I ended up getting the uh, the micro brawlers. Ooh! Oh, that's so cool. I, mean, I believe what was it? High Spots was selling them on their gimmick table last Saturday or the kitchen mm-hmm. um, auction that they like or so. And yeah. I believe they were going I, I think they were going around like the same price, like 20 or so, 25 but I ended up getting them for a good reasonable $20. Um, both of them? Yeah. So. And that was on High Spots? No, these I actually these actually I got off of an eBay seller. So. Okay. But yeah. coming to high spots, let me uh all right, Smash, you're just gonna fall. Um let me just look for the uh DVDs I picked up this past week. Uh, I definitely I, I that demolition is my favorite tag team. I don't know if you know that, Dan. They're not tiny and art, I'm just telling you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they are. They're my favorite tag team. They're the best tag team, and I've got a little shrine to demolition in my foyer. So, going on with the uh, the DVD pickups, um, you guys know how I love my RF shoot interviews and whatnot. But uh, let me see, how do I how would I start this? Yeah, let's start from the bottom here. So, first one I got here is uh, Sean Waltman because. Oh. <laughs> We hear a lot. Yeah, I mean, we I've seen the uh, the click documentary that WWE aired, but I really want to know a lot more about him, like how we grew up, how we grew up, and yep. Go ahead, keep going. Basically, just yep, like go. growing up in uh, Minnesota, um, he had yeah. great chemistry with uh, Jerry Lynn growing up as well. Um, so I really want to get in detail with their feud as well because I thought they had some phenomenal matches, and yeah, you know. They- Making his way from like Japan, WWE, and um, you know, just yeah, Don Waltman is one of my all time favorite wrestlers. Like, but I love Sean. Funny story I met Sean, I, I probably told you guys this story before, but I had met Sean at uh, the Rhode Island Comic Con in uh, 2018, and he was, I believe, the second wrestler I met that day. And uh, I was probably like first or second person in line, you know. Welcome me with open arms and every. Oh, hey, kid, how are you? Yeah, yeah. I told him, you know, and just, you know, yeah, kind of running, he's really cool. Running, running by history, like, you know, like he doesn't even know about it. Like, oh, let me just run just in case. And um, it was so funny, too, because he brought his dog with him, and I'm with my boy. He's like, you want to pet my dog? And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. He's on the and uh, we ended up taking uh, like probably like three uh, photos, you know, three uh, pictures with each other, doing three different poses of like DX, NWO, whatnot. Yeah. And uh, after all of that, 
And my boy left his boot. My boy's looking at, he taps me on the shoulder real quick. He's like, dude, you know he was giving you a dirty look if you didn't pet his dog? Oh, I think you did tell me that. I... And I, I felt so bad because I was like, well, I was going to pet his dog anyway. I mean, I know, you know. But anyway, that, that happened. But going on with the uh, the next uh, shoot interview DVD, I actually picked up uh, Kurt Angle. So, I mean, he's been uh, brought up a couple and times in like WWE. Back, that would be a good interview. You know. Uh, uh, next one I picked up is something that uh, me and uh, Rick discussed this past Wednesday on uh, the Impact review and. Uh, somebody that we questioned like why why he uh, never made it you know and he was a former tag team partner of the undertaker and wcw as the skyscrapers despite yeah i think that's a great grab and i can't i want to hear about this shoot uh i've seen clips of it uh dan spivey i think that is always one of those guys that should have been uh way bigger than he actually was you know, uh, as Dan stated that, uh, I don't, did he say that today or maybe in a conversation we had that he, uh, basically retired because he had a bunch of nagging injuries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know, he was a, I thought he was a really good, I thought he was a great character as a, as a heel, like a psychotic heel. Starting with the Waylon Mercy stuff. character. Yeah. Oh, and then Waylon Mercy, but you yeah. know, in the NWA, probably in what, 89, 90, but he also, you know, prior to that, uh, he was the golden boy, Dan Spock right. in WWF. He formed the new US it was the US the new US Express with Mike Rotunda because Rotunda uh no, what the fuck is his name? Wyndham was not uh, in there anymore. Right. So anyways, but I, I'd be interested in seeing that. That that's looks like a good shoot. And uh guys, yeah. you know, we just uh we were just talking about this gentleman too. You guys wanna know more about Butch Reed? Well, I got your answer right here oh, with the uh, oh. uh, shoot interview. So, he'll definitely uh, go in depths with, um, oh, wow, he actually encountered the KKK. That's not, all right, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch it. You this. know, it's, it's <laughs> definitely sounds like something you got to watch now. But it's funny that you said that, that he encountered the KKK. I remember I was reading, like, an old story about, like, Dusty Rhodes and uh, and he was friends, you know, him and uh, Dick Murdoch were tag team partners and, uh, in the, what, the 70s or whatever, and it was like he asked Dick Murdoch one day, I think this might have been later on, though, asked him for a ride somewhere, and he ended up giving him a ride out into the road, out into the woods, and then it ended up being to, like, some fucking KKK rally yeah. or some bullshit. Yeah, and I've you, heard, you heard about that. that. You, you've yeah, heard I've heard that, that story. story. Yeah. I've heard that yeah. story. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, me, I was, like, a huge fucking Dick Murdoch fan when I was a kid, and I thought yeah. it was fucking great. You know, it was, like, this great redneck, but he could fucking kick the shit out of you. And when I heard that, I was like, what the fuck? Oh, what? You know, yeah. I was like, you know. And I've heard that I, story I, more I, than once. Yeah, all right. So it's not yeah. crazy. Yeah, all right. You're not yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Going on with the, uh, the last three DVDs, uh, Rick, I kind of blame you for this one because once I it's, saw... It, most likely it is my fault. I mean, once I picked up, I was like, let me let me see what they got for uh, this territory, and they had a shitload. So I was like, alright. And I had just got recently done watching the, uh, the Jerry Lawler documentary uh, that WWE put out a couple years back, and I was like, damn, now I really have to pick these up. But um, I got a couple... Uh, 
Memphis uh, wrestling DVDs. So um, got one here with uh, goes over Jerry Lawler versus Andy Kaufman. That Aww. should be interesting. Um, got the same one that uh, Rick just picked up, uh, the best of Eddie Gilbert. So that one's going to be Ooh. interesting. And then kind of a curveball here. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like him. I mean, in some aspects, I do. Uh, for reasons. Who's this? Champion with Owen Hart. Uh, the best of Jeff Jarrett. Uh, I like see, him. I'm a huge Jarrett fan, man. I, I don't understand all the hate he gets. I, I've always loved Jarrett. Well, I think there's it's 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 definitely um it's different, you know. I think that uh a lot of people sorry guys, I went and got a box of stuff I wanted to show y'all. Um, <laughs> uh I know acquired tape. Yeah, I think he's an acquired taste, like you said, but he's there's also that he was the promoter's son. Where the fuck am I back? Yeah. Okay. He was the promoter's son. That's one thing that did not go over well. So he was automatically pushed to the moon. Uh, I think that my personal opinion, he did not necessarily, he did not click with the mainstream crowd when he came into WWF and WCW. Personal opinion, I always enjoyed him. And he probably deserved more credit in the mainstream audience than he actually got. So... I always enjoyed Jared. I always thought ever yeah. since I saw the first time I saw him and probably like 86, 87, whenever he fucking debuted uh, in Memphis, that he was always a really great wrestler. And when he came to WWF, when they were using uh, Memphis at the time, I always, I thought that um, they were they were doing the interpromotional thing. Of course, they were mentioned more on USWA than they were mentioned on WWF TV that I was very happy for him, and I got excited because I got to see him on WWF TV on a weekly basis, and I thought that that was a great thing. That's cool. Uh, we, uh, uh, let's go on main event now. I got uh, two autographs also. So um, actually, no. One of them, I'm completely jealous of one of these autographs. I'm just. Not I got. Sure. I got. Actually, I got three autographs. <laughs> I, I forgot I had a shirt in this box. Go ahead. Oh. I, got, I want to show you some DVDs I got. I don't know. Um, JJ, were we talking that so long ago? Do you still purchase physical media? Oh, like DVDs? Such as DVDs, CDs, all that bullshit? Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. I want to, before I show off my shit. So, going on with the autographs, I'll start off with the first uh, 8x10s, the first two 8x10s. One of them who was brought up tonight, uh, Lex Luger. With the okay. NWA. <laughs> That's cool. So, pretty, pretty oh, cool. I actually, and, I actually uh, got a Lex autograph too, as well, recently. I don't know if I, if you saw that video. Of, sorry to cut you down. I don't know if you saw my uh, Lex autograph that I got, JJ. Uh, did you see that one? The video that you put up. Go ahead, uh, Dan, and I'll grab my <laughs> Lex autograph while you guys are going off. Um, going on with the next one. Uh, once again, another name that I brought up uh, not too long ago. Um, you know, continuing on with the uh, the patriotic uh, theme here of the unboxing uh-huh. reveals and things. But uh, I got Kurt Angle here from WrestleMania 19. Oh, that's so, badass. Yeah, this is that's uh, cool. de- definitely better than the other one I have. I mean, it's just a you know eight by ten, just him with a uh, you know like a big green. Brand. 
round, obviously, but it's all good. But I'm gonna tell you, I enjoy. I enjoy these Sunday evenings where we just fucking drink and fucking shoot the shit on a podcast. So sorry to our listeners that we're like a little bit buzzed. So. The last thing I got here is uh, definitely a treasure. I only paid like 40 bucks for this, but I figured, you know, my God, you know, I got to stay patriotic, you know, 4th of July. So let me uh, let me pick this up. And, you know, I'm not really a big collector of like pops like that. I mean, I have one Ric Flair pop from the 2K19 uh, pre-order. So I was like, all right, let me get that. But this one's special. And that's uh, Sergeant Slaughter. That's a sweet ass Funko Pop. That's a nice. L and it's autoed. Fucking a. And I don't collect. Uh, I don't collect Funko Pops. I know they're all the rage with a lot of people, especially wrestling yeah. fans for some I reason. The wrestling. Do you? Uh, why am I not surprised? Yeah. But you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm young. Yeah. Wow, you're really not that much younger than me. But you know, I used to have a bunch of Walking Dead uh, Funko Pops at one point. So. Uh, and, you know, I ended up, eventually I ended up getting rid of them. Uh, but, you know, uh, but some of the wrestling ones, I just don't care about them that much. They're not as cool as like regular figures. Not that I even collect oh, figures. Not. I don't, co- I don't collect figures, but, you know. I have like, yeah. I have a lot of that. Getting, I ended up getting a Lex, a Lex autograph myself as well. Oh my the, God, uh, that's so cool. The Lex Express. There's a certificate of authenticity. I know I shared it on one of my recent videos. I don't remember what, but Dan got that Memphis ah. DVD. I ended up getting a whole stack of these fucking Memphis DVDs. I'm about to fucking go sick watching this shit because um, I love Memphis. And, uh, I, blame you. I blame you all. It is my fault because I told Dan I bought. Oh shit. I bought like five. I bought like five of them. Yeah, I bought like five of them, and then Dan. Next thing I know, Dan is like, "Oh, I bought this one and this one." But one of the things is that Dan and I have agreed on in the future we're gonna have to do a review of the best of Eddie Gilbert in Memphis. That we're definitely gonna be doing that. So, uh, you know, Eddie Gilbert, I think, is one of the greatest fucking professional wrestlers of all time, and it's so very sad that he died at such a young age. And he was such a fucking great wrestler. He had a great mind for the business. And he was a great promoter. I'm sorry, I'm rambling on. And, you know, him, when he, in the earliest fucking days of the uh, ECW, he um, he was lighting that shit on fire, dude. Like, I'm telling you. And I think that that's what helped get attention in the NWA Eastern Championship Wrestling before it was extreme. I got to start watching Eddie Gilbert. Then. Is there any Eddie Gilbert on the network? There's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be, right? Um, you gotta, you can, you'll probably see like a bunch of uh, uh, WCW stuff. I don't even honestly know what the fuck is on the network anymore because I don't pay. Like, okay. I haven't not gone through it unless we were agreeing to. But, uh, but YouTube is our friend. Yeah. YouTube is. YouTube I'll is our friend. I'm going to tell you something. Look up, the, uh, look up the uh, Eddie Gilbert Lawler feud, Jerry Lawler feud, and um, you can see where he runs over fucking Jerry Lawler with a fucking car. That's the fucking greatest thing ever. Um, I'm going to totally have to put a parental warning on this episode because we've dropped so many F-bombs tonight. <laughs> maybe, or maybe I did. I don't know. But either way. so. <laughs> but that's, you know, I'm having fun. But whatever. But yeah, uh, Eddie Gilbert, you can definitely type in his stuff in Memphis, his stuff in Continental, all that shit, dude, and uh, Puerto Rico. 
so I highly recommend watching a lot of, uh, you know, I love Puerto, like uh, wrestling from Puerto Rico, like WWC and IWA Puerto Rico. So you're, you're going to, you're going to find a lot of really cool stuff on Eddie Gilbert. If you look up those, those three promotions. I'll definitely do that. Definitely, definitely. Or, or what you could do. I mean, on high spots, they also have a uh, like a compilation set um, of the best of Eddie Gilbert and ECW. I think it's like a two or three disc set for like twenty dollars. So that definitely where? be in, where's high spots in, in ECW. High spot? Yeah. Hmm. I wonder what ECW stuff they're distributing. Because uh, as far as the three of us, like it's all owned by WWE, so right. I know that RF. Well, uh, that that's RF the video thing. did a bunch of fan cam footage, and they owned right. the rights to the fan cam footage because they filmed it themselves. So I'm wondering if that's the footage. I mean, I have a uh, from high spots through the pro wrestling crate uh, DVD of Cactus Jack in ECW. So I'm wondering if that's like the same, like if it's fan cam footage or something. Uh, like, I, I don't know if like maybe I don't know if maybe well, high spots some released the, the footage. I know some of the RF videos that uh, they they release of like the ECW pay per views. They're all yeah. unedited. They're all the original, you know, all the original footage. Those gotta be those gotta be bootleg, man. Because I mean, as far as you know, well, yeah, they are because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. IRF. Yeah, well, I mean, he was the king of the bootleg DVD back in, you know, or VHS and DVD <laughs> back in the day. So I don't know what's going on with that stuff, like, as far as, like, the, uh, you know, who and whatever the fuck it's called. Sorry, I, I kind of spaced out there. I'm drunk. I'm sorry. So, I'm high. This is our regular Sunday night. You I'm high and drunk. We're having a good time, so, you know. And, uh, Anyways, I I, I, I want to see, you know, I want to watch that. Um, did you get the Cactus Jack in the uh, ECW thing, uh, Dan, the DVD from High Spots that was actually in the pro wrestling crate? Did you order that one? I, I haven't. I have seen it on eBay, so okay. I might pick it up on eBay sooner or later. I have it. I have it. You have it, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure JJ has it. I have not. I have yet to watch it. Some of those matches I don't ever remember, so I don't even know if they aired on, like, I'm pretty sure it's fan cam footage from RF or some bullshit that they, because I know RF uh, sold a lot of stuff to High Spot, sold a lot of their original content that they created as far as that stuff and shoot interviews, so... That's all. All that bullshit. So what else we got here, gentlemen? We've been talking a long time, and I'm having fun. Yeah. I'm not necessarily even concerned about uh, leaving. About, about <laughs> so the what? About, about, about ending. I'm not even concerned. <laughs> you know, yeah, the other day I had, my buddy, uh, I had my buddy on the other day. We just were shooting the shit about wrestling. And I seriously could have gone a full two hours just fucking shooting the shit. Oh, so, shit. Yeah. That's not what uh, we've done. We've got yeah. about yeah, an hour about, and a half. Almost, almost two an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. So what else we got, well, gentlemen? Uh, what else? About the, uh, the recent impact uh possibilities with uh Heath Slater dropping that video. Um oh. from what I understand, he's uh confirmed now as of today. That's what I hear. I read right. some article that Heath Slater is confirmed. Um I read an article 
that Gallows and Anderson have signed officially, but they're also yeah. signed to they're also signed to New Japan as well. So they're going to be bouncing yeah. back and forth. And then there's a slight oh. possibility of Leo Rush. I'm not sure if you checked that video that I sent yes, you. Yes, I. I did check that out. Um, so there's a possibility of him. And there's, there's a possibility of a lot of motherfuckers. Uh, and there was something that Dan sent me, what, a few days ago that it's very possible that uh, uh, Kurt Hawkins and uh, Matt Cardona, uh, Kurt Hawkins, what the fuck is this room? And Brian Myers and uh, Matt Cardona are going to be popping up as well. I seriously. Oh, wow. People are not paying enough attention to Impact Wrestling, and it's the promotion to watch. And I think that Slammiversary in two weeks is going to launch that, that Dan and I have been talking very positive about them for like the last, what, month since we started doing our Tuesday reviews. Yeah, yeah, it's got has to be right. Maybe three weeks, four weeks. So about that, close Yeah. It's going to be close to a month, but I think that they're, uh, yeah, it's people. I think that the pay per view is, uh, it's going to, I think it's going to confirm everything that Dan and I have been saying for the last fucking month. <laughs> but it, it, and, and I think that they don't, they have not been getting enough attention. They have an amazing fucking roster. They've been putting on solid fucking TV shows for weeks. And I think that with the recent releases from WWE in April, once the pandemic started, all these guys, a lot of these gentlemen are going to be jumping over to Impact, and a bunch of them are pretty much fucking firm. Did I just say that Heath Slater was confirmed? I know I read yeah. the article earlier. I don't know if I said it to you guys. I, I'm trying. I'm sorry. I'm rambling. Well, I, know. I know I do that article earlier that basically just said that Heath Slater was confirmed that he was going to be yep. in a tag team with Rhino. And uh, I did see the uh, video, or not photo, but his video basically. Just I know him there's, yeah, and there's rumors. I mean, EC3 has put, been putting out some weird fucking videos. Uh, he has hinted at both Impact and AEW. I don't know if the AEW uh, hints are just to throw people off. Mm. But as we stated, it was the last week of the week before, there was the fucking Moose match and the fucking, uh, his music fucking hit. So, we're gonna have to, we're, we're like, I can't wait until the 18th, because I will, I'm actually thinking about paying for the shit. I never pay for a fucking pay-per-view outside of oh, the WWE Network. Oops. I'm sorry, I just said that live in person. Oops. Uh, uh, never, I never find an illegal stream. I swear to God, I don't. Um, for every pay-per-view so yeah. uh, so anyways I'm actually thinking about purchasing it and watching it in full and I have to fucking get the feed interrupted and I think it's going to be a fucking like I've been saying for a long time Impact is a sleeper promotion you know not enough people are paying attention to them they're getting back on track they need to fucking they need something to get the people to suck the the, the masses suck back people in. suck the people exactly you realize, yeah. like, it's it's weird because ever since I got bought out by Anthem, even before Dan and I started doing the show on Tuesday nights, they were only drawing, I don't know how many people to their TV tapings, 500 or whatever. It's empty. They used to drive yeah. something like they used to do a couple thousand to 5,000 people. You know what I mean? So it was, it was pretty, um, they used to do pretty big fucking crowds where there was Universal Studios. I think that they don't didn't even charge for the fucking. 
but you know, but for some of their live events, they used to do a few thousand people. So I think this event is going to draw people back into this shit. So Hopefully into the promotion, right. because I think that they're bringing in, and, and if I'm correctly correct at the people that I think that are coming in, uh, I think it's going to work personally. I think it's going to work. I think that uh, Impact has been putting on solid shows for the last month and a half, two months. And I know Dan and I have only been follow, uh, doing the shows for about three, four weeks. But I think that it's going to be uh, that they're just an amazing product that people aren't necessarily watching, that they need to fucking turn around and start watching again. Hey, yeah, really think about it, too. I mean, especially with this uh, episode coming up on Tuesday, you know, starting at nine, eight. So yep. you must think they have. I before the pay per view. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering if uh, if that's going to be a permanent change or if it's just for this week. I hope it's just for this week because I'm not going to want to be. Because uh, I mean, but so Dan and I, I know last week we altered our recording of that until Wednesday. I think we're going to do that again this week because uh, because of the time that they decided to change the fucking schedule. Not me. And, not us. In, a, well, in so. a couple bathroom bloopers, but, you know. That's yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want to bring that up again, don't you? <laughs> it was, <laughs> I ended up having to edit, edit three pieces in together. What's up, JJ? You got something to say, it looks like. Oh, well, I didn't want to say. I, I'm getting, like, matching sex messages right now. Yeah. 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 Usually we run about an hour, hour and a half. I'm, like, getting text messages and people know that right. phone. Uh, yep. should, we, should we wrap this up? Or sure. Do you, let's, it? let's wrap it up. Why don't we wrap I, it up? I don't want to be a, a jerk, but uh, <laughs> I got... You could always press the exit button and... Uh, Dan oh, no. Answers. I wouldn't I wouldn't dare so. do that. I'd be rude, but, yeah, I keep getting text messages. <laughs> like, hey, you All right, so... Uh, yeah. JJ, before you go, why don't you hit the? Why don't you uh, tell everybody how to get in touch with you, JJ? Oh, uh, just uh, double J, uh, S I N N Z. Uh, <laughs> yeah, JJ Sins. That's how you can reach me on Snapchat, YouTube, and the Instagram and the Twitter. But I'm more active on Snapchat, so get at me. Why is why is that, uh, JJ? Uh, it's easier. <laughs> well, As I always uh, explain to JJ, is this because he's a teenage woman, a teenage girl, <laughs> because he's on Snapchat so much. But anyways, as a joke, you know. As a, yeah, uh, uh, no, it's Snapchat. It's just, it's easier just to get a hold of me. I'm always on Snap. It's easier yep. to share stuff. It's easier to, you know, like, if I want to, like, talk to you, I can just send, like, a video of, hey, like, babe, we got to do this, do this, do this, do that, and then do this, and then I'm going to do that. It's so simple than just sending a text. I have no you idea know? about Snapchat. I've never used Snapchat. Uh, you it's know, so much easier uh, to share. It's I so do use uh, I do use Facebook because I have groups, like, you know, like, uh, what the fuck is it called? Like, uh, forums and bullshit. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. So, you know, and, and, and I, I use that with the podcast, and I use Twitter mainly and Instagram. I, uh, those two I use to promote the podcast mostly. I'll say that I don't really fucking, you know, once in a while I'll post some random junk. But All right, JJ. Yeah. Um, I'll talk to you soon, sir. Okay. Bye, Dan. Hit, what do I do? Do I just hang up? Hit the red button. Click your screen, and then the, the hang up button should pop up there.
Hold on. I don't want like you're, a fuck. You're the you're supposed to be the, you're not gonna fuck anything up. Just hit it. Alright. <laughs> Alright. Dan, everybody, motherfucking Rick. Love you both. I'll, I'll talk you. to you tomorrow, brother. Alright, brother. I'll see you. Bye. Love much love to you. Bye. Bye. Alright, red button. I'm clicking the red button. Bye. Hang up. <laughs> Goodbye. And he's gone. Jesus Christ. All right, that was a lot of fun. That was a blast. Anyways, Dan, you still there? Dan? Yeah. Dan? Oh, All right, there you All right. You, you, you disappeared. You froze for a second there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you know so what? We, not, I mean, so it's not might, me might as well keep though. going. Yeah, no. You know I, what? Let's keep it going. You know, I'm all about it. We still got... You know, I can go for about another 40 minutes. What time we got here? Oh, dude. Yeah, I can go for another few minutes. So anyways, uh, what were we talking about before Dan decided... I mean, not Dan. uh, You're Dan. uh, JJ decided to be a teenage girl. What was it? Uh, We were just talking about the the Impact um, show. Just basically... Yeah, like we said, and you know, I've said this every week to you since we started uh, covering Impact, that Impact is basically the most underrated wrestling product on a television, you know, on a television basis that uh, currently, it's, excuse me, it's upsetting in a way. They had a big following, but they also created a terrible name for themselves over the year throughout the Dixie Carter years and Vince Russo years and all that stuff, so... You know, it's and then when they sold the anthem finally, it's just going to take a long time for them to get back on track. And especially this year, especially you know, when they were on uh pop TV and then they lost the pop TV deal, yeah. And then they went to where did they go after that? Oh, they lost the TV deal for um, a while, strictly on Twitch for a little while, and then they went to Pursuit, Pursuit, which was owned by the same company, I believe. Yeah, so they went from Pursuit to eventually they end up on Access, which was a pretty big deal. However, I still don't get Access TV, so I get Twitch. I yeah. Do, I just watch them on Twitch because I don't get Access. I don't get any of the channels that they've been on. I did get Pop for a while. So, uh, shit. They lost their luster for a little while, but um, they're, they're really getting on the right track. And I think that with all these recent WWE releases, I've, I've stated a few times, especially tonight, I've stated a few times that they're getting back on track and uh, maybe they can get to that, especially when this pandemic is over, that they can get back to uh, when everything was normal and start bringing in big crowds, big ratings, and all and that sort I, of shit. Yeah, I think, I think TNA's doing the right thing. They're capitalizing on the opportunities, and they're just looking for a way to just rebrand themselves. Obviously, the mm-hmm. whole Dixie Carter era, Vince Russo era, they didn't really pan well towards the end or beginning of like the early you know, 2010s going forward. Right. So right. I think this is like a proper way... Um, even just like reminiscing to like WCW, how NWA, you know, moved on from NWA and moved to, uh, you know, WCW once Ted Turner bought the promotion. I mean, obviously it kind of went a different direction, but it was still different. It still drew people. So in a way, I think it should be the same concept with impact. I mean, obviously they're doing all these certain types of things with it, whether it's like impact, um, possibly bringing back the TNA name. Uh, obviously, we definitely, like- definitely a possibility. So, if they bring him back the TNA name, 
they've definitely been hinting at it for a very long time. So and now, especially uh, more so since uh, they've been bringing what's his face in uh, Moose as the end. Of, uh, I'm sorry, Impact World Champion. Yes. Uh, so, which I think is interesting. I mean, I don't necessarily hate the idea of them doing that. Really, uh, I guess they could have just done it, <laughs> just done it better. But you know, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. It just the, the whole thought of just moose. I'm, I'm just not a big moose guy. You know, I like chocolate moose. I like moose I, tracks, but moose <laughs> the wrestler, I'm just not. I, for I'm some just reason, not I huge of a fan of him. For some reason, I think you're lying because, from what I understand, you do have a moose T-shirt in your collection. Listen, that was the tote bags for you know, randomized tote bag, brown bag, special, whatever the fuck they call it now. They just said, "Hey, listen, we're going to give you not one, no. I think it was just one moose T-shirt, and then like a John Hennigan uh, T-shirt that's like based out of Canada, and I'm not even Canadian, and I have nothing against Canadians. Hey, yo. But, I am hey. partially Canadian. Don't offend me. I well, hey, 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 hey. No, no, no <laughs> pun intended. Hey, I, I know. But, uh, no, no busted, I don't know. Busted. Just two two random t-shirts. I just, I, I wasn't expecting those t-shirts. I was expecting something better. And uh, as soon as I saw the moose t-shirt, I'm like, you bitch. Like, all right. Well, well let me tell you something. I've gotten, I've, I've, um, you know, I've ordered many grab bags, you know, that I order a lot of grab bags. I've gotten uh, several t-shirts that I fucking hated. One of them was an Orange Cassidy t-shirt, and I ended up fucking turning around and selling it because I fucking hate that guy. I think he's like a shit stain on the wrestling industry. <laughs> so, I don't know what your opinion on him is. Um, um, I'm, uh, I have mixed feelings about him. Like, I think he's entertaining, but when it comes to his wrestling, it's kind of just like, eh, like, I'm not a big fan of it. All right, so I've, uh, I'm going to be honest. Uh, in the last few months, I've come around a little bit over year, a uh, couple of years of absolute, absolutely hating the fucking gimmick, hating him, and I have actually come around a tiny bit. I'm not going to say that I'm a fucking fan yet. I will definitely not wear his fucking T-shirt. Somebody who was watching my one of my unboxing videos, a friend of mine, and saw me uh, get the Orange Cassidy shirt, and I was fucking furious i was pissed and they messaged they texted me automatically it's like you were so funny when you realized you had an orange cassidy shirt i was fucking heated the guy is more than capable it's the guy is more than capable because i've seen him do things in the ring it's the gimmick that annoys the fuck out of me it's the gimmick and you know stuff like that it's just annoys the fuck out of me, but the guy is more than capable of doing shit. The pockets thing is annoying. I'm sorry. I'm a cornet guy till I die. So, so, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with uh, the more traditional style of things. I'm sorry, everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand he's trying to, you know, kind of have like, like this uh, sloth kind of character to him. You know, he comes right. in very slow. Then he hypes things up. You know, I, I would hate to touch his yeah. sunglasses. You know, it's like, hey, that's personal. Uh, you know, you're touching you know a man's glasses. That <laughs> the day that uh, was it, he was standing on the stage, and uh, the Lucha Brothers came out of nowhere, and I think it was Pentagon came out and kicked him square in the fucking head. Uh, <laughs> he looked like he wasn't even paying attention. I loved it. 
I'm not gonna lie, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but um like I said, I think the guy's more than capable in in rank. He has definitely yeah, I've come around a little bit as far as like his skill goes. It's just the gimmick that I necessarily can't even uh tolerate because you know, when I uh when I think of professional wrestlers, the first wrestlers I think of are guys like and you know, Bret Hart, Arn Anderson, uh uh, the other guy, Chris Benoit. Like, those are my favorites, some of my favorites. Owen Hart, obviously, I know he's a favorite of yours, too. It's like, I like guys that take the business seriously and will go out there and treat the business with respect and wrestle. Not some guy that just dressed like he came out of some fucking hipster bar, uh, fucking, you know, listening to some, like, shitty-ass indie rock band or some bullshit. You know? Speaking of bars, um, there is a match I am going to send you just for shits and giggles. Um, Go for it, brother. I'm always open. I'm not, if sure, I'm not, send not me, sure. Send me I'm not sure where the setting was, but it had to have been like one of those like outdoor bars, and it was a match between him and another one of your favorites and one of your child's favorites, uh, Cole Cabana. And uh, during like the guy. whole during the whole duration of the match, they went through like all these all these holds while still holding a beer without spilling it. Get the fuck out! You're gonna have to show I'm, that to I'm, me. Uh, you're gonna have to send that to me, so I'm gonna have to. I I've never heard of this before. No, but it, it's hilarious, and like even the referee gets involved too, and they're doing like all these like arm locks, and they're just like, oh, don't spill the beer, you know. <laughs> One of the things about like Cole Cabana is he's known as like a comedy wrestler, but he's one hell of a technical wrestler. You know, he gets viewed as like in the comedy thing, and. Some people are like, oh, you don't like comedy wrestlers, but you love Cole Cabana. It's because he, when he wrestles, it reminds me of like Steven Regal in a way, because he could really wrestle like a Steven Regal or William Regal, whatever the fuck you want to call him. But he can actually go out there and put on one of the greatest technical matches you want to see. I mean, he might throw comedy in there here and there, but he is a very good technical wrestler. And I mean, he's a former NWA world champion, two time NWA world champion. And that is the greatest belt. And I mean, I look back at it too. I mean, the guy does have like a collegiate background. I believe yes. he did play football. Yes. He, uh, he, he trained he with played. possibly one of the best, he, he trained with possibly one of the best wrestlers of the 2000s with uh, CM Punk. Um, yeah, they were best he, friends at one point as well, but uh, no longer from, but that's, right. you know, that's not, they're uh, not my, uh, it's, yeah. Second City Sins or something like that? Yep. Second City Sims, I believe. Yep. And of course, I got a great gift from my buddy Dan the Beast right here with me. The uh, Best of Coca Band of in Ring of Honor DVD. And I just watched that actually the other day. It's funny because I watched it. And uh, it's funny to watch the early Ring of Honor compared to today's Ring of Honor. It's basically like all the indie shows I go to. It's just like watching that kind of a thing. It's like, you know, it's, uh, it's in the gym, which is, oh. you know. But the way no you really got to look at it, like, yeah. it doesn't really have that independent vibe as it used to. You know, you watch Ring of Honor nowadays, right. it, it has, it kind of has, it's like, that NXT set Right, they've grown into a professional wrestling organization as opposed to an NWA, or, excuse me, as an, as an independent wrestling organization that they once were. Um, those early events, I really enjoyed a lot of the early events. I think I attended a few in... Jesus Christ, Fairfield and Woodbridge, 
they were in Woodbridge, they ran three shows, and I'm trying to think, like, um, 2005, I know, 2006, I know, I, I, know like I, that. I, I did see one of them. It, it had to have been, like, 2005. Um, there was one ROH event. It had, like, Samoa Joe. Like, I think he was, like, main eventing or something. It had to have Where been, like, in 2000. Where was I think Let's see. I don't. Um, either, either I remember I attended. It was either Danbury or Okay, I remember I attended two shows in Fairfield. One of them, the main event was Loki and Dan Moff, and I remember um, Loki was working real stiff with Dan Moff and ended up giving him a concussion. I remember seeing him in Hartford at the convention center. Uh, Rascal Flats were playing at the Meadows the same night, which it was directly behind. The arena, so they did. They, I remember seeing them run two shows there. It was very difficult to get to the venue because of the fucking traffic for a fucking Rascal Flats concert. And I remember they ran three shows in Woodbridge when I lived in Woodbridge. I grew up on Woodbridge. It was uh, there's a building called a sports something sports center or something like that. It's behind. It was literally on the same road that I lived on. I just had to cross the street and go behind the baseball park. Uh, basically, it was one of CM Punk's last uh, events that he ever worked for in Nevada. And someone threw a Pepsi bottle at him and he chased him through the baseball field that same fucking night. And I remember it was fucking, uh, we were all expecting lots of craziness that, that evening uh, because we all, everybody knew, I think it had already been announced that he had signed to WWE. Right. So I'm sorry. Well, Danny signed one of his, uh, I don't know if it was, you know, storylines or kayfabe or whatever, but then he actually signed his contract at a Ring of Honor show. Uh, that's a good question. That I don't recall. So, you know, some stuff. I remember seeing something on his documentary on the WWE Network. Like, he literally, like, pulled out his contract and he, like, signed it right then and there. But I'm not sure if that was, like, actually, like, kayfabe or, like, maybe he took a copy of it and just said, hey, I'll do it again. Like, you know, just for uh, I'm gonna have to check that. I'm gonna have to check into that because that's uh, very interesting to to think about. So, anyways, um, there was something else I wanted to mention, but I don't remember. Uh, I don't know what else you got, Dan, tonight before we wrap it up. We got a few more minutes we can go. Oh man, um, well, I know I got a lot of these uh, shoot interviews to uh, watch and cover, um. As I've been telling you, probably like the past night or two, I've been watching uh, NWA Power. Um, yeah, I, really, what do, you think of that? what do you think of that? It's interesting. I mean, I, I've learned that Tim Storm is a mama's boy. Uh, he's a great. He's 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 possibly the greatest babyface since Ricky Steamboat. You know, as far as like his character goes, he he he's interesting. He he's definitely interesting. Um. Right. I'm really starting to like Eli Drake just a little bit know. more. You know, I'm going to tell you, since he came into the NWA, um, I wasn't sold on him in Impact completely until he left. I was there for his last match in Impact in New York, Bound for Glory. This event seems to keep coming up for some reason, that uh, <laughs> Bound for Glory 2018. And, uh, um, for some reason, I wasn't completely sold on him, but then um, watching him, for a little while after that, you know, I got into him. And then he came into the NWA and the NWA, you know, I'm sold on in the NWA, no matter what. Those three words, those three initials, those three letters, they come up, I'm completely sold. 
So I've been completely drawn in just because of the fact that, you know, it's it really series, brings correct? old, yeah. old school, you know, studio shows with Jim Crockett. Yeah. And, you know, it just, it, I mean, it's different, obviously, because it's modern day wrestling and all, but, right. you know, you you know you're seeing guys when you got guys when you got guys like Edge and The Rock and 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 big names like that not only them but saying oh my god this is some great shit online basically on Twitter not that they said those exact words but you know what I mean you're getting the gist of it you know you got a good fucking product you know know, I'm probably like on the third or fourth episode at the moment but you know I'm I'm still waiting for um, Nick Aldis. Uh, oh my God, what the, what the hell's her name? Car- Carmella, Camille, or something like that. I, I, I'm still waiting for her to talk. She pisses me off. I don't know. I don't know shit about her. Camille, but it's like you're gonna be you're gonna be there for a while, basically. So that's all I gotta say. So <laughs> that's actually my favorite TV show. And now, obviously, you know, uh, part of that whole speaking out movement. Uh, the VP, David Lagana, is no longer with the NWA, so he was basically right. resigned. So they're, they've halted all production. So, you know, they're not going to be do, producing anything. I have not seen anything as of yet. If I missed it, I don't think so, but they, um, they're they not going to be doing anything anytime I, soon. I hope they like. keep going. I, I hope they come out with season two on DVD because season I'm one sure packing. You know, I'm it, sure it'll been... come out because they've done, I believe, three seasons, I think. So um, I think that they're going to um, just, you know, it's a matter of time when, when uh, the pandemic is over, all that bullshit, that they're going to be doing another, uh, whenever they decide to get up and running again. Right. And, you so know, and, and the fact that... Go ahead. Oh, and, and, you know, just, like, the fact that they're keeping it, like, old school, too, you know, just with, yes, like, absolutely. you know, like, television title tournament that they had uh, a couple months back. Uh, One of the now. things, I'm going to be honest with you about the television title tournament uh, that irritates me the most, or the, not necessarily the tournament, but the uh, the whole situation with it is that they run the title matches are six minutes and five seconds. Which is some bullshit. Because every ta- uh, TV title match when I was growing up had a 10-minute time limit. So, right. so, I mean, they're just doing that. The 6.05, and I was just saying, well, it's, it's just odd to me, in a way, that they would do that. So, I don't know, but Zicky Dice apparently has been granted his release from the NWA. Uh, you Maybe you haven't seen him. I don't know, because he I don't think he pops up until season two-ish. Um, he eventually becomes the NWA TV champion, and um, from what I understand, the, uh, I've read something that said he wasn't necessarily a team player, so, you know, where everybody in the back uh, was always, you know, they're all buddy-buddy and stuff, so. Uh, who really knows, though? I'm not sitting back there. I'm not one of those guys that's sitting back there, so I don't know. So what else we got, Dan? Is that all for this week? Yeah, I'm probably going to have to wrap it up. <laughs> Why don't you, Dan, the Beast, tell everybody how to find you on the social medias. All right. If you guys want to find me, find me on Facebook uh, named Danny Bryant. 
If you guys want to find me on Instagram, it is D underscore Banshee187. And of course, you guys can find me on YouTube as D and the Beast94. And make sure you subscribe, especially if you're watching my channel and you're not subscribed. What are you doing? Hit that button and uh, stay tuned for very much more uh, content from uh, me and the gentleman, the professor, I should say, Rick Del Santo, because this is something that we're just going to keep doing. You know, we're pushing this forward. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm extremely uh, humble, very honored to be a part of this, you know, and it, it, it's kind of like it, this was meant to be because it was like yes. I came across one of his videos one day and I was just like, huh. And I seen the location of where he was, and I'm like, I wonder I was if they completely surprised. I was, and then when I found surprised. out, yeah. you know, we just started communicating more, and then all of a sudden it was like, hey, want to be on the podcast? It's like, me, like, yeah. <laughs> I was uh, completely surprised that you were literally about 20 minutes from me, probably if that at the most 20 minutes from me. So, you know, um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've just we're going back and forth in the beginning, liking each other's videos, commenting on each other's videos, found each other on social media, said, hey, let's collaborate, do this podcast thing, you know. So uh, that part I really liked a lot. And I'm glad that uh, we've become pretty good friends over that over that time period. And I really enjoy just sitting, shooting the shit talking professional wrestling basically two three nights out of the week well i mean we literally go basically seven days out of the week but we record maybe two maybe three nights out of the week so and but however we're working towards definitely working towards more content uh and we've got a lot of things in the works people and by the way i want to mention this there's only two days left uh up for grabs is a Best of Marco Stunt Blu-ray and a, uh, a Marco Stunt pin. Uh, so if you hop over to my Instagram and find that post, it's the second. It's actually the first post. Or um, just click, and it says to enter the contest. All you have to do is comment the word "enter," and you are entered in the contest. We got a lot of people entered into this contest, so. I'm really excited. Tuesday night, Dan and I are going to fucking uh, draw the name. Uh, Tuesday night with her. It's going to be posted on YouTube and Instagram. We're going to do an Instagram live. I don't know. I didn't tell you that, actually. So guess what, Dan? We're doing it live. So now that you know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we're looking to do that. And we've got so much content coming up. We've got all sorts of uh, talent from the world of independent wrestling that are looking to come on this show. I've been contacted by, contacted by a bunch of people. Not to mention our two nights a week that we are doing regularly, Dan and I, between Sunday and Tuesday. And like I said, any random fucking night that we decide to record during our bonus episodes, we've got a lot of talent that are interested in coming in, coming on. And so you're going to be seeing a shit ton of content for me. We might even get to seven fucking nights a week. I don't know. It's very possible with all the people that are in contact with me and talking to me. So, and we've been just, I'm just excited we're doing this podcast. I got a great fucking crew here between Dan and JJ, and we just shoot the shit every day, basically talking professional wrestling. I know I'm fucking rambling here, but if you want to find me on social media, find me on Twitter, the Rick Del Santo. Find me on Instagram, the Rick Del Santo. Uh, you can like my, uh, you know, 
my YouTube page, the Professor Rick Del Santo. That is the show's page where all sorts of bullshit is posted there. And um, you can find me on Facebook. I don't know, really. We're, we're in the works of um, getting a page of set up for the actual show. Yes. Uh, we're in the works of that. And if anybody is listening as a logo creator, we're looking to get some new artwork done. Hit us up, ProWrestleZone at gmail.com. So, anybody that's listened tonight, I appreciate you. This is the first episode that we've gone for fucking this long, and I'm very happy about it. So, everybody, have a great evening. Take care, guys.